0: have the honor to interview today René Fajardo and Norma Johnson about the return of the Corn Mothers, an inspiring woman of the Southwest, something that has been in the works for more than 20 years from what I have heard, and it seems like it was cooked here in Boulder. It is an honor to have you in studios today and to be able to talk about this exhibition that is already open there at the Museum of Denver, and it's unique. So I'm gonna make sure that I hear from Norma Johnson first, the poet, that's how you are known here in Boulder, about the importance of this exhibit.
1: Hi, Rosanna. This is just such an honor. Um, you know, I was just uh, more recently introduced to the Corn Mothers Project, um, uh, being an honoree, one of the honorees uh, for this um, for this year. And um, at the time, I, I had not heard of it before. But once I started uh, listening, I listened to Renee's uh, wonderful uh, TEDx talk and started uh, just looking into the material and seeing all the women who are honored in this way. And, you know, it just makes so much sense to me because uh, women are so much the root, you know, holding holding down humanity in, into the earth. And that to me is what the corn mothers, I'm seeing that the corn mothers is honoring and, um, and it's a tremendous project uh, to acknowledge the women in our communities and specifically in the Southwest. So um, so again, I'm just honored to be a part of this project.
0: You're part of this project, and it's a project that highlights the efforts of 70 women who have been doing the work, the work of the mother. And I want to make sure that Renee... Fajardo shares with us, please explain to our listeners the importance of the concept of a corn mother.
2: Well, interestingly enough, the corn mother mythos is ingrained in all of us that are from the Southwest. As manitos, people from Southern Colorado and Northern New Mexico, um, this concept of corn, Um, being sacred and the corn mother has always been a very um, big myth that we've grown up with. It's like um, in the fall, the corn, the lusciousness of it, our calabasitas, everything we cook. So subsequently growing up, I was able to basically take the stories of that myth and they were so ingrained in my soul that there was a book that i saw called when jesus came the corn mothers um, went away that my husband brought to me about 20 years ago and i looked at that and i was like what does that mean the corn mothers went away and in thinking about my history with my own um ancestors that came from from this region i began to realize that the corn mother um was actually a a deity that is actually all throughout the united states south america central america because corn as we know it today was actually um, uh, cultivated thousands and thousands of years ago and with it came the whole concept that it's life it's generative and and thinking about this so this is a whole cosmic consciousness of things that go into this but when you look at all of the, the people that we are here in the Southwest, for hundreds and hundreds of years, we have been woven. We have, we have indigenous ancestors, not only from the Pueblos, but also, um, like in my own family, and to Zacateca, down all the way into the Yucatan, we have African blood, we have Jewish blood, we have Um, We have people that were coming over from um, France and intermarrying hundreds of years ago. So we're this beautiful tapestry, but what I think that we were trying to get at is like my own auntie, who was a woven tapestry of these people and a very huge GBLT Q2 advocate that took on all the boys that had um got AIDS in the 80s, is that there are these women that are all throughout um the, the Southwest that sort of don't even know that they actually are the living embodiment of what a corn mother is. That whole concept of life and giving to your community and being there and it's almost a mindset it's like when you walk into um, a home and the abuela says I don't know who you are but you come in here you eat with me you sit down here you gotta you gotta spend the night we're gonna make you a bed it is that concept of of the women that do not give up. Women like Norma Johnson through their poetry, through the way that they live their life, their example. So this has been a legacy of love from um, Todd Pearson, the photographer. And oh my God, Ed Winigrad, the editor, the Spanish-English editor, who is a Jewish man who does Spanish translations for books. He is meticulous. And the designer, Tonette Brown, um, they have all like, their hearts and soul into this and that is really what this corn mother project was always about is celebrating these beautiful women here in the southwest that represent this undauntable spirit of community and giving and love and hope
0: hope uh that for...
2: was <laughs> no that was also I mean, you can cut it right?
0: <laughs> it was like the hope for the future because as we see and this resonates with me so much mm-hmm. because I'm also, you know, I have different identities. I have different ethnicities. And what I have found through my studies of media and public engagement is that because of these hybrid ways, this hybridity that the Latinidad, the, the Latino community has, especially that's the reason we are so resilient. And that is because we have in our blood Also, the indigenous blood and then the mestizaje also has brought us into a world that connects us with everybody. And what I find the most fascinating thing about the Corn Mothers Project is this beautiful thing about trying to unite us all, seeing us because of our humanity and not trying to separate us. And that's what I see the power of this project what do you think about this, Norma Johnson, that this resonates also with you?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, as I was um, uh, getting so interested in, in all of this project and all the things that Renee talks about, it made me think about my own heritage, you know, which which is a blending of indigenous people from this continent, from Africa and European. And um, and then I got excited because I know I grew up with, uh, corn was one of our main staples in my family. And I thought, well, where did that come from? And, um, and I did a little research and corn was introduced to Africa in the 1500s and 1600s um, from, uh, from Portuguese, from Central America, from South America. And um, so it's that that idea of uh, corn as the, the symbol of, of life in a way, but also in bringing so many people together, because let's face it, I mean, who's, is there anybody anymore who's only of one people without any other mixture, probably not, or not too many folks anymore, and to be able to celebrate Um, how we base ourselves as community, you know, as communal, especially those of us from cultures that very much celebrate communal um, living. And all those things that Renee talks about, um, the welcoming part, you know, and around food, always celebrating around food and music and stories. And um, I think that's a commonality that can't be uplifted enough. Our stories are kind of all we have, mm. and and they're powerful. Mm-hmm.
0: This idea that they are all together and that we are all together. I am speaking right now with Norma Johnson and also René Fajardo, and we're talking about The Return of the Corn Mothers Project. And this is a book uh, with photographs, and it is also a multi-generational, multicultural coming together of women from the Southwest who are really the essence of this concept of the corn mother. As I was also thinking about this, you know, in a more deep way, trying to remember what is it that connects me personally to this project and others, I have an image that I would like to share with you. I see myself as a little girl uh, surrounded by other women, from my family and in front of us we have corn and what we are doing with it is that we are opening the corn and we are cleaning and cleaning the corn the los pelos del del corn and then we are working and we are taking the little corn little how do you call that in english you know the corn the kernels the kernels and we are just you know we are some of them we need to put them in one side other ones we need to put in another side and that's what we are working on and as we are you know using our hands we're also using our mouths to speak and share stories and our hearts are open that is the image I get as I think about the project that you have been putting together I want to make sure that I get from Renee the knowledge of the importance of this exhibit that is not only in one place, but it's a walking one. So it travels around. You are bringing it back into light and with more power.
2: Well, the exhibition is at History Colorado. It has the portraits of all 70 women. It's on the fourth floor. And the return of the corn mother... Wise Women of the Southwest exhibition is there for an entire year. It opened on September 16th, and it will be there until September of 2023. The opening reception for it is actually on Friday, October 21st, where the whole community is invited in for a free reception and an honoring ceremony of the women. And I think what is the most important um, factor in looking at this, it was really through the efforts of organizations such as Metropolitan State University of Denver and um, the Chicano Humanities Arts Council and the Colorado Folk Arts Council and the Axe Community Fund people, um, some of the funders that came in to take what was, and has always been a grassroots project and it actually kind of started at CU in in, the, in Boulder at the Nature and Science Museum way back in the day, um, in 2007. That was our first opening, and I think that it was only 12 women at the time. Um, so every three years this project somehow by word of mouth was picked up and started in different places where there was university. So it went to Highlands University, it was at Adams State, it was in Pueblo. But this wasn't because we had money to do it, it was because a community came in and said, hey, we would like to add on to what you already have and add in our corn mothers. And so this is how this came about three years ago we started thinking about doing something in Denver history Colorado was open to the prospect of highlighting it um, and there was a call that went out to the community to get the to get a new women to induct into the project. Um, Subsequently, 22 women, we were only going to go with 12, but it was 2022. Nothing had ever been done like this before with this project. This is so beyond what we'd ever dreamed of. So the fact that we are now at a year-long exhibition and an opening reception that's inviting in all these women from from the whole four corners area because the women also include people from from arizona and new mexico um so they're all going invited in but the most significant thing i think is is this is the most women we have ever been able to um put into this and norma can tell you not only was the photo shoot probably (laughs) grueling because todd is like over the top photographer but it's also it was also the editing of ed by the stories and the design of the book and the website this was like no 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 um no stops were um were were put up it was everything was out, we are going to go full force and make this um, something that actually I would say is a, is a worthy of a national exhibition. It is so fantastic. And the work that went into collecting the stories of what these women represent, their art form, and actually capturing them in a photography exhibition that is not just like I'm taking your picture with my iPhone. This was like full on. Um, I'm Smithsonian Institute taking your picture. So this is on so many levels. What I think um, these women deserve to have, because of who they are and what they've done for their communities, and maybe they they aren't always celebrated and 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 sung for the for the heroes that they are. But this this labor of love says to them. We we know who you are and we are going to archive this and leave down this small piece of your legacy so that it's also there um to contribute to all the other things you've done. So that's really what this was is like we're creating a piece of their legacy so that there's an additional um component to leaving and it was just a long labor of love to do that.
0: Rene Fajardo speaking about the corn mothers, you are connected to so many things. Your trajectory of of the work that you also have done, as the journey through our heritage team from the Metropolitan State University of Denver. You also teach Chicano studies. You are so with the community that you are bringing this together, and that to see the excitement and how happy you are that this has come to a reality shows the big effort, the importance of this, because it's so unique, the bringing together, but also doing it in such an artistic way. One of the things that I want to ask you is, again, going to back to the corn. The corn is extremely important. But when I think about the corn, that in the case of Colorado, we have problems with the corn because it's genetically modified in many ways. And it's taking away the, the essence, the diversity, precisely what you're trying to do is to just make all the corn the same and taking out that, those beautiful colors that they have. Some come in different colors and that is the beauty of the diversity in nature we see. it. Is there something that you would like to share around this concept that just came to me as, as you are speaking about this diversity and this resiliency shown in this project?
2: Is that that's a normal question. <laughs> um, She's like a
1: poetic words kernels of wisdom from the cob. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think, as you said, you know, one of the key words in that is diversity, because the, something that the corn mothers celebrate so much to me is that concept of diversity, and our everything that you're you're saying in regards to the the corn being modified, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, work being done, especially in indigenous uh, communities right now about that very thing. Because, uh, again, as as Renee has talked about, the essence and the kind of the, the birth of corn for all of us has come through the caretaking of the indigenous people of this land, especially in this area of the Southwest. And um, there's a lot of concern right now in those communities. Um, and has been for a lot of years and they're actually at the forefront of of trying to change that and bring that to attention uh, as to how critical it is to have that diversity. And there's even, there's a project, there was some sacred corn that had been grown in one area. And when the indigenous people got moved to uh, another area, they uh, were not able to grow the corn successfully there. But it stayed, just those few kernels stayed in safekeeping. And many decades later, there was an exchange between the indigenous and um, European people that were still in the original area that helped to redevelop that corn. So things are going on where it's being reestablished because the value and the understanding of that value of diversity is intact.
0: It's extremely important. I think that's the centerpiece of the whole thing. This conversation can go on and on. This history of the Corn Mothers Exhibition an important event happening in October 21, but the exhibit is gonna take the whole year. Hope I get to see this book because you are mentioning, Renee that the book is beautiful. The photos, the photography, and the biographies of this woman really show the resiliency and the power of women coming together and bringing us together. I have been speaking with Renee Fajardo and also with Norma Johnson about the CORE Mothers Exhibition. For KGNU, I am Rosana Longobetter.